His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. <laughs> yeah. But what is cool about that is, I don't know if anybody remembers, but Lou Engle talked about a word. I don't remember if it was a word he had or if someone in his group had, but he saw abortion and homosexuality as twin tornadoes that were assigned to destroy the United States. And his thing was, it, and it was, part of it was that it was just being done in mock, it was to throw, fly in the face of God's design, which is why homosexuality and abortion say ha, but anyway. He said, because they were twins, they were linked, and if one came down, it would pull the other down with it. So when Teresa said that about abortion, you know, it's fizzling out. People's hearts are changing. I was really encouraged by that. So I just think that's cool because, you know, that was in the early 2000s, and I just think it's um, a poignant reminder that we don't forget those words that were given. We don't just brush them under a rug. We stay mindful of them. So that's absolutely nothing with what I'm going to talk about, which I don't know that because I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm excited to hear what comes out of my mouth tonight. There's been a lot of warfare getting here. There's been like, so let's just see what happens. You guys are getting raw and real Jared tonight. Um, I'm not going to apologize unless, I'm not, well, I'm not going to apologize now. I'll apologize later if it's necessary. <sighs> But some of the things that have been on my mind and on my heart lately have been, and some of the things I want to touch on tonight are Denny Silk, Keith Green, and the seven habits of highly effective people. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. But let me start by saying, I am not able to stay where I am right now. I do not feel like I'm allowed to slip into the routine and just do what I've been doing. You know, I, I didn't realize that I was in a routine and just doing. And I think that's okay. I, you know, I, I wasn't in a routine. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. All of a sudden, maybe in the last month or two, it's just become really uncomfortable. You know, when you put a worm on the hook and the worm kind of wraps around itself and does all this terrible stuff. That's how I feel right now. And I forget who it was, but I saw a video of, uh, you know, there was a guy speaking, and he said, when things are uncomfortable, it's because God is deliberately squeezing you through a tiny place so that all the unnecessary stuff can get sheared off. And I really feel like that's, I really hope that's where I am, because if all of this discomfort is not God, then we got bigger issues. But, you know, it's interesting to me because, it's like, well, why do I feel like I'm in a routine, you know? It's like, I was praying, I was kind of meditating about this and praying, and then I said, okay, let's so stop a second. Let's pretend, let's go into hypothetical. Let's say, Jared, if you had 100% absolute freedom to do anything whatsoever in any area of your life, what would you do? And so I thought, okay, let's just get all my preconceived notions off the table and let's think about that. But when I cleared the slate, I froze, I panicked. I'm like, that's too much freedom. I don't want it. It's scary, you know? And what I came back to is I started thinking about when I was finishing up high school and I was starting to think about the future, you know? It's like when you graduate high school, it's time to go out into the world and become something. Well, 
I was terrified at that point and filled with all this anxiety because I had all the freedom in the world, technically, to do whatever I wanted with my life. And it was one of those instances where you got to pick something. You don't necessarily have one thing that you think you ought to pick, but no matter what you pick, it's going to have severe consequences for the rest of your life. So no pressure. And so I was really, I was the worm on the hook, all twisted up in knots, like, what do I do? And that's kind of where I am now. I mean, I ended up doing a business major, in case you were wondering, but. And I think what's going on is I have always had a mission. Even before I was married, I had a mission that I was going to get married, I was going to protect my marriage, that I was going to have children, and that I was going to lay in those children a good foundation, and I was going to set them up for success. And that is part of my mission today. I fiercely protect my marriage, and I go to great lengths to call out the gold of my children and to make sure that they have everything they need to be who they're supposed to be. And those are noble things, and I'm supposed to do that for the rest of my life, or at least the marriage part. My kids are going to you know, go be their own people eventually. But I feel like God's saying, that's great. Now it's time to find out what else I have for you, because that's not it. And so it's really scary. And, you know, I thought of Denny Silk, who has said, you know, it's very important in every relationship that you have that you don't try to control those relationships, that you allow the other person in the relationship to have freedom. Because if you don't, one, it's not a healthy relationship— But two, especially in the case of your children, they're eventually going to get freedom, and if they've never learned how to manage that freedom, they're either going to crash and burn, or they're going to become paralyzed with indecision. And so I guess, and this isn't a reflection on my parents not giving me freedom or anything, but I guess I can kind of relate to that in the sense that I feel like I don't know. I've always had freedom, technically. I've had freedom as a son of Jesus Christ. I've had freedom as... um, a child in my parents' house, and I've had freedom as a married man, but it's almost like I've never acknowledged the amount of freedom that I really had, almost like I was afraid to look at it and really do something with it. So I've boxed myself in in the safe place and say, okay, well, these are what these people are doing. I That looks good. I'm just going to get under that. That way I don't have to make choices. And not where I, not to say that where I've been has been wrong, but it's like God's saying you need to come out of that box, embrace the fact that you have freedom, start to make choices. Whatever you do, even if you continue doing the same thing you've always done, it needs to be because it's a deliberate choice that you have acknowledged that that's who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. No more riding coattails, no more taking the easy route. And again, I didn't even realize I was doing it. But what it feels like is um, me personally, and I think our entire body here for the last two or three years, have gone through a lot of changes. It seems like there's a sharp change, and then it's like there's a little bit of uh, inactivity, and there's a sharp change. But in between those areas of drastic change, it's like things never really settle. We're on the spiritual waterbed where everything's always in flux, you know? It's like, I'm trying to find a good analogy to really explain it. But I guess for me personally, and I feel like I'm representative of our body right now, is it's time to discover what else we're supposed to be. You know, 
we have been in a good place. We need to continue those things that we've been doing. But I feel like God's saying there's more. It's definitely in my life that there's more going on. And so I'm saying, all right, well, what does real freedom look like? Where, where am I lacking freedom? Why am I afraid to make these choices? And so I was just um, idly, you know, listening to worship music, flipping through um, different articles on the internet. And I came across the guy who, to me, really embodies love and joy and freedom, Keith Green. And, you know, he's best known for his music. But one thing I read about him that really stuck out to me is the fact that he and his wife, Melody Green, when they lived in San Fernando Valley in California, they opened up their home to anybody who needed a place to crash, gave them free room and board. And... That's cool, and I know a lot of other people have done that, but what I really loved was their heart, the way they phrased their mission statement. They called their little home the greenhouse, not only because it was a cute play on words, but because they said it was a place where people grew. And to me, it's like, yes, that's where I want to be. And you know what's really awesome about that, what I really love about that is the fact that they had a ton of people come into their house and it just exploded, which obviously, if you have um, gypsies, tramps and, th- tramps, and thieves running through town saying, hey, there's a place where you can get free room and board, it's going to fill up really quickly. But what's awesome to me is that it not only filled up quickly, but they were able to expand it. They purchased another house, and then they rented out several more houses in their neighborhood, and they continued to fill those up to where I think by the end of it all, they had like 140 acres of land where they did their ministry. And to me, that's a picture of God blessing something that you're doing. That's saying, I am in agreement with your heart, Greens, and I'm going to see you walk in abundance beyond what you're able to contain. And I feel like that's what God's saying is, Jared, you need to find where you can come into agreement with me and be able to find a place where you walk in so much abundance that you cannot contain it. And I think the fact that God has put that on my heart means that it's within reach. It's not like, hey, someday you'll get there. It's saying, hey, find the thing you're supposed to be doing because you're about to blow up with abundance, you know, not actually blow up. And again, I'm saying that's for this body. I feel like, hmm. Again, going back to the greenhouse, they just said it so simply. It's a place where people can grow. That is beautiful because they had a clear mission. And I think having a clear mission is essential in being able to manage freedom. Ron and Teresa have said it before um, regarding raising children, that you need to write out a clear mission of exactly what your goals are with your children so that when you make decisions regarding those children, you can go back to the mission and say, okay, what do we want most? Does this line up with those goals? And honestly, that's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. Stephen Covey uh, said, in your life, you need to make sure that you write a personal mission statement, that you know what you're going toward. And it's not an easy thing to do. It takes time, deliberation, and effort, and it's never really something that's done. You need to continually revisit it and revise it because things change in life. And, I mean, that was written for secular people, but I feel like that is so apt in our lives as Christians that we need to understand You know, it probably will take some time examining our own hearts and getting on our face before the Lord, but learning to understand what am I walking toward? 
what am I doing? And for me, the closest thing I've had to a mission statement is I'm going to protect my marriage. I'm going to raise my children. But honestly, as noble as those are and as much as I'm going to do that, I feel like I was phoning it in because that's just a really easy thing for a husband and father to say. And I feel like the Lord is encouraging us all to dig deeper, go beyond what you think you were supposed to be doing, and re-examine your life. If you don't have a mission statement, get your mission statement. If you have one, take a second and re-examine it. You know, I think it kind of goes along with what Teresa was talking about on Sunday with the plumb line. We have a standard against which we measure everything in our lives, and I think a personal mission statement is something that um, should toe the line, if, if you will. But, I mean, I really, this is just me kind of spewing out of my heart what's going on with me, but I just really feel like there is something new, there is something more. I know it's true for my life, that there's something new, something more that is being formed, and it's not comfortable, but it's going to be really good when it's done because that's how God works. And I feel like it's for this body too. We've been on the spiritual waterbed of things are always shaky and, you know, what's going on in this season? And I feel like God is about to say, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Step up and take hold of this new thing that you're supposed to be doing. So I just encourage all of you. Um, I don't know if anybody else has just been in that place of, because, you know, that's how it feels. But um, hopefully you have so that I don't sound like a lunatic. But I really feel like God has something new and awesome for all of us. And it's important that we don't hold on to our preconceived notions of what we think we're supposed to do, but that we look at it with a fresh slate, that we embrace the fact that God is bigger and newer than anything that we uh, can think of, and that we're just open to drastic change in our lives and what we're supposed to be doing. So, amen. God be with you. So. All right. We're going to pray this too, but for those who were at the conference, what was this? What was this word right here? Dreaming with God. It's the word of the Lord for the move of God and the body of Christ right now. And he's, it, it was, I mean, you were describing it, getting with God, getting on your face, finding out what are you dreaming for me and what am I dreaming with you, God? And so, Jared, what's so cool is you weren't there, you didn't hear it, and is God not faithful to do what he said? He's going to do this thing. So I want you to pray what you had, but I just want to confirm to you, I mean, I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, this is that very thing that God is doing, and we all know there's a lot more. We do. And I'm excited to dream with God, so I want you to pray for us for that. I don't need to apologize. That's so great. Uh, yeah, you guys want to stand up. Oh. Well, Lord, I just acknowledge that you have more for us, Lord. You're not done changing us and making us uncomfortable and moving us into new things, God. Lord, I just agree with the words of worship, God, that we give up control of our lives, and we, Lord, we just say that you can do whatever you want. Lord, I pray for dreamers to dream. Lord, I pray that all of us 
who have felt a stirring and an awakening to push for it, to not push it down, but to embrace it, to embrace the push and the belief that you are doing something new and big. God, I pray that we could dream with you, Jesus. And Lord, I just say dreamers awaken. Where dreams have already been pushed down or maybe said that's not uh, what I'm supposed to do, Lord, I just pray that you would just breathe life into dreams, Lord, that you would awaken your purpose in our hearts, God. And Lord, that we as individuals and God, that we as a body could awaken to the new thing that you're doing in our lives. And I know that as we all understand what you have for us, that it will flow together in unity as one. So we just bless what you're doing, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.